It's time to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. The stunning HyperX Quadcast S features dynamic, customizable RGB lighting, a convenient tap to mute sensor, and four selectable polar patterns. So we can broadcast crystal clear audio, whether you're gaming, streaming, podcasting, or impressing your remote colleagues and classmates. So what are you waiting for? Join the Quad Squad and tap in today with the HyperX Quadcast S microphone. You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to a brand new season of Watching Friends. Yay! Yay. <laughs> it's been it's been a long wait. It has been. Well, Sort of. Sort of. I mean, technically. It's been a week, been a week. <laughs> for, for, you, for, for you lot, right? Um, yeah, I'm, look, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yes, this is one of those episodes where just, I mean, the name's awful. The one with Ross's new girlfriend is a terrible title. Yeah. It's, very, it's not exactly descriptive, but when you know what the episode is, you're like, yes! <laughs> like, let's go. Uh, well, we, we should probably introduce ourselves first. So, I'm Mark, and... Uh, it's been so long since you had sex, you're wondering if I've changed it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, I'm Ryan, and I'm a manipulative bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least that's the truth there. <laughs> so uh, we're back with the one with Ross's new girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, who is she? We, so we, we'd have briefly seen her stepping off a plane at the end of season one. Yep. So... Yeah, I, I actually want to talk about my excitement for, for this. So we ended uh, last week with the end of season one. Mm-hmm. And what a great season that was. It's good. This episode is really going to kick off season two. And I'm yes. really excited by it. Um, and I think season two just gets better and better. And then season three and then season four. Uh, yeah, it's, it's on a roll now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, there's just solid friends continually all the way through now, really, until later seasons. But before we actually get into uh, this episode, the one with Frost's new girlfriend, we've got some exciting news for you. We do. I, I wish I had a little jingle here. We can edit one in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's that's effort. If you do. don't hear it, we're lazy. <laughs> yeah. And if you did hear it, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy that doesn't do any of the editing. No, I didn't edit it at all. Uh, so we have been talking about it for quite a while, but uh, we're going to launch a Patreon. That we are. So if you don't know what Patreon is, it's basically a website where you can donate or subscribe to us and get extra like perks and benefits for free. Yep. With the positive benefit in that you get to support us and the show and allow us to do things we couldn't do otherwise. So we bring this show to you free of charge. We do. No cost. We're so nice. Like amazing content, right? All the talking we do for no pennies. Yep. So you 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 get all our content for free, but there are costs involved for us to do this. So first off, we have to buy equipment. So we have some cheapish equipment here, which I hope is okay. Ryan has a, a lovely pair of red headphones that cost about £10. I believe they're Skull Candy. <laughs> they're, Other brands are available. Yeah, they're, probably should use those. They're, they're not classic Skull Candy, which used to be expensive and good. I think these are very cheap. These are, get some headphones, Ryan. They'll do. Yeah. Um, with his, his headphone lead that's about six inches long, so he's like got a craned neck. It's the not whole time. 
my fault that our road mix master, whatever it's called, we, doesn't we, have a we, lightning we, port. We do, we do have a nice roadcaster I spent some money on to make sure we could sound good for you guys. Yes. But what we would like to do is we would like to have guests on. You would. And so we would like to get like a new microphone or we'd actually like to do a lot of different content. So we would like to do video content for you guys every so often. So we've we've talked in the past about there being friends games out there that their official games have released such as like the friends pictionary and the friends ball game and the wicked wango game especially yes definitely. and we think that would be some really cool content of just us playing it with some friends and just sharing it with you guys unfortunately all this stuff costs money and especially to to host this podcast actually costs us i think it's about 100 pound a year yeah. something like that and to do this for free is kind of tough and whilst there is adverts in our show, they are part of the Greenlit podcast network that we're on. So basically, it's a bunch of independent, creative-owned podcasts that all kind of work together. And we basically advertise each other's shows for free just to, to spread the news of the show because it's really hard as a small podcast to, to do that. So that's why we joined the network, so we could work with other, other podcasts um, out there in the network and we could like find new listeners yeah, share um, the love. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the the idea of the patron is if you love our show and you really want to support us, you can do. Now, you don't have to support us if you don't want to. Just listening to the show is support enough. Yes. Like, we love just having listeners and seeing those download numbers. That, that's fantastic, right? Makes us feel warm and fuzzy. It does. And if you write to us, even, even better. That gets all tingly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there will be different tiers. So if you if you really want to support us and allow us to do things... Uh, you can do. So the, the support will start from £1 a month and there'll be some different tiers that will give you different extra content. Uh, so some of the ideas are we would love to do um, episodes of Joey. You would. And we would like to make them like exclusive to the Patreon. We'd, we would basically give you some Patreon exclusive content. So your normal Watch Your Friends content, that will always be free. Mm-hmm. You're going to get every single episode, every series. Uh, we're going to give you some extra bonus shows as well for free. So you don't have to worry about that. But if you want some extra stuff. Extra, extra stuff. So, you, you know, you want to watch us throw a ball for an hour as we have to answer quiz questions from friends. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and just like silly things like that, really. Uh, you can do. Um, so, you know, no pressure there. You can feel warm and fuzzy by supporting us and get some extra content in return. It's like watching Friends Plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Think of it as like Disney Plus. <laughs> you know, you can you can wait for the free content or you can pay some extra for the the good stuff, right? Ryan and Mark Premium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you you say that it's going to be Ryan's Premium chat line, isn't it? <laughs> you can listen to him talk about nerd stuff. If you think I overshare for free, just wait <laughs> yeah. till you pay me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, we've we've joked about it in the past, and, and it was something we there was always in the back of our minds uh, of potentially doing. And so we do have ideas out there. If you listen to the previous episodes of things that we thought <laughs> that could be fun, <laughs> we we do have ideas. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like friends, there's, we have ideas for years. Our ideas are so good, we want you to pay for them. Yeah, um, but you know, there there has been silly ones like we was going to get Ryan to write some of his uh, sexy chats. Oh god! Uh, I, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Uh, we we will be doing lots of lots of voting for stuff like that. So you 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 guys and girls out there, you can vote for what you want to see or hear. Um, and you know, as as more people become part of the Patreon, there will be more stuff there. So there might even be exclusive merch that we give out to you. So if you support a certain tier, you might get an exclusive Watching Friends T-shirt in return or something like that. I don't know. 
This is where me mentioning wearing Rachel's skirt last episode is really going to come back to haunt me. Uh, yep, so that's going to be first to go, <laughs> isn't it? If we can get to £100, Ryan will wear Rachel... I don't know. I'll put no. on a dress. Yeah, so we... <laughs> so to give you a bit of the behind the scenes here, uh, as we are saying all this stuff, we haven't actually created the Patreon, no. but as you're listening to it, the Patreon will now be live. It will. Um, it should hopefully, and I might have to edit this, uh, be patreon.com forward slash watching friends. Uh, there'll be a link to it on our website and our social medias as well. But yeah, the the plan is is basically to do bonus content, and you can pay for that, and that helps support us, and that means that we can get guests on as well. Because because our first goal is going to be to afford a mic, so I think we're going to have a, a goal of fifty pounds, and once we hit that, we'll be able to buy a microphone. Yep, and so we can have three people on. Uh, so we've got got quite a few people who are keen to join us. We do. Um, some who have been spoken about in previous episodes. One of whom we spoke about a lot. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you can hear their side of the story, hopefully. Yep. Uh, but we would like to even have other podcasts on, perhaps even listeners to the show, um, and even ideas for like actually contacting you know, some of the Friends cast and writers and stuff like that, and you know, see if we can beg them to come on. Yeah. Who, who knows, right? But if we have, a, have an extra microphone, that allows us to provide some more interesting content and being two straight white guys, it's always good to have, you know, other people on. Yeah, more diverse opinions. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that's that's what we would love to do. Um, Although you've given me an idea now. So who would be your ideal cast member guest? Matt LeBlanc. Instantly. Okay, I, don't even have to, I don't even have to think about it. See, I was thinking, I was thinking the other Matthew. I was thinking Matthew Perry. Oh, okay. Um Mostly because I think it's hilarious, so it'd be quite funny to have the three of us all trying to crack jokes. Yeah. And because he said in the reunion he's quite competitive about, oh wait, someone got a laugh. I like that even being sat with us and then just being like, Mark got a laugh. This is so funny. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> yes, that's completely Matthew Perry. It'd be great fun. See, I, I think Matt LeBlanc, because he, as we've talked about in the reunion episode, he loves friends. You, he you can tell friends. he does, because he was saying jokes like from the, the last episode, like 20 years later and, and stuff like that. Like, you can tell he had a great time with friends and he's proud to be a part of it. And yeah. I think if he came on, he would just be a laugh and a, a great person to chat to. He just seemed like a lot of fun, to be fair. Uh, he was quite good on Top Gear, to be fair. Exactly. So, um, you know, I'm under no impressions like that is a tour order and we might have to see if they're on Cameo and pay them £50 to give us a three-minute clip of whatever they're going to say based on some words we've given them. I did browse Friends Cameo the other oh, day, did you? to be fair, out of interest. Uh, I think Mr. Heckles was on there. Okay. Um, oh, the guy with the voice. Oh, what's he, he plays... The High Chef, what was his name? Oh. You, uh... Annoy me now. <laughs> yeah, yes. He also goes on a date yes, with Rachel. So, so he is a film actor. He's in High School High. Love it. Yes. Um... His, his is great. His yes. cameo was like, I was thinking, forget the podcast. You can just talk about me. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so comedically brilliant. So, so, you know, we, we could even do stuff like that with, with your donations. I think that could be potentially fun, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, we have lots of plans because we want to make this a little watching friends community. We've already said that we would love to do more podcasts in future. And being able to support us would allow us to do that and do more of this. Yeah. Which is no bad thing, hopefully. So that's, that's the end of our little sales pitch for now. Uh, I hope you like the ideas behind it and we'll check out the Patreon. Uh, there should be a link in the description as well. Got any questions? Let us know. Like you can let us know at Watch Friends Pods on Twitter and Facebook. 
and you can write to us at watchandfriends.com. Uh, we would love your feedback and you know, we basically just want to get the fans involved with us and to allow us to do more of this. Yeah. Do you want an ASMR episode? Let us know. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I could be that quiet for that long. We, we did discuss that <laughs> yeah, but in the previous could, one. I uh, try. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go back through the previous 24 episodes and go, right, what ideas did I say that make Ryan look stupid? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Just leave the broken man on for long enough. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> yes, much, right? You know, even a Ryan's tangent segment or whatever, right? Um, but, you know, we've been talking about this for long enough now. I'm really excited to discuss season two of Friends. Really excited. I mean, we need to meet Julie. We do. Well, we, we, we met her briefly uh, in the previous episode. It doesn't count. Very briefly. This is, this is full on a mega level, Julie. But what I'm going to say is we are going to go straight into this. Um, there is no preamble for episode one of season two. So normally you get a, a little scene and then you get the intro. Yeah. In this, it's intro first mm-hmm. and then they just go story, story, story. It's given how... American network television works it's a big deal because you normally get like here's the preamble joke to keep you entertained during the advert break that's about to happen and then they come back and you get the episode starts in earnest so yeah I, I hope some Americans can clarify this for me so whenever I've been there and I assume this is everywhere you normally get the the final three minutes or so of a, like a, the previous show then the next show just starts as soon as those credits are over mm-hmm and you get this little preamble scene, whatever. And then before the intro, you'll get the ad break. Yeah. Which is so weird because you're like, it, I feel like you miss a show. You're like, yeah, what, what, yeah. what have I got adverts? And, and we've discussed this before. In the UK, basically, you'll get an advert in the, directly in the middle of the show and directly at the end of the show after it's finished. So yeah. you're like, okay, the new show is about to start because the adverts are on. Yeah, approximately every, what, 15 minutes? Yeah. So, you know, this, this episode potentially could have gone from, you know, mad about you potentially before it straight into the intro then an advert yes which is just be an odd way of watching it yeah you'd be like, oh i'm really excited for friends i hate i hate the intro though oh it's an advert for five minutes for you know some face cream where i might die how how odd must this discussion sound to the younger fans who are watching it on a streaming service and are literally going like bam 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 all yeah. the way through the entire series unless you are on amazon prime where they like to chuck in their own adverts yeah terrible so, Netflix, come sponsor us. We've got a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we are back at the airport. We, are. Uh, we followed directly on from the last episode. Uh, Rachel and her romantic hopes for returning Ross, <laughs> returning Ross yeah. uh, with flowers in hand. Yeah, but those hopes are soon dashed, Mark, as Ross steps through the door with a woman in his arms. Well, she's not really in his arms. She's just next to him. I mean, they're, they're too close. <laughs> they're close if if Ross was my partner and he stepped off the plane that close to somebody I'd be like excuse me I, I don't know because like getting off a plane it's fairly tight normally fairly busy I'm pretty I, sure he kisses her I, I, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess. <laughs> what <laughs> that's just a getting off the plane kiss right and everyone does that <laughs> yes. don't you Ryan that's how, that's how you say goodbye to people you spent time on the plane with you yes. survived to fire gravity and then you smooch <laughs> Uh, this is tough to watch though poor Rachel uh, yeah it's heartbreaking and even though I love Julie if, 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 you, if you like freeze frame it you can even see the moment where her heart breaks <laughs> uh, yeah, it's absolutely horrible but uh, poor Rachel then tries to flee the heartache uh, by climbing over the chair uh, where she trips and spectacularly falls to the ground 
before being spotted by Ross. Yeah, she seems to do a lot of falling over in Friends and busting up her lip, doesn't she? I mean, at least she didn't fall off a roof this time. No? Well, they tried to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's, uh... Look, someone was negotiating their contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, potentially she was, wasn't she? Because <laughs> they, they did say, like, after six episodes, they might have to re-record all of Friends because she might have been picked up for the other show that she was working on yeah. at the time. Um, but yeah, so the uh, the pair embrace, the Russell Rachel embrace, as awful attempts at small talk happen as Rachel tries to mask her embarrassment, yep. because obviously she's fallen over. Um and then Ross spots the blood on her head because when she fell off the, the chair, it was quite a spectacular fall. I don't know what quite what she banged her head on. No. But there's blood there. And not that Friends had, ever has many special effects, but it doesn't look convincing. <laughs> no, it's, it's like a painted on dribble. Yeah. It doesn't look like a cut, right? Very, very red. Unless well, some ketchup and gone like, oh, Rachel. You know, you know what? In, in the future, we need to discuss some of the actual uh, accidents the cast have really had. Mm-hmm. So we had the one uh, that we discussed in the reunion with Joey where he broke his uh, he pulled his shoulder out didn't he yeah um there is one way in the Barbados episodes where you can see Rachel has got uh tape over her arm she hurt herself oh. so yeah real life accidents look much better than the fake ones in friends that's for sure that's tragic you know you know yeah well I suppose it would be like no one yeah. wants them to be hurt no but uh, makeup but department couldn't be better on the blood I think they could do yeah but we're gonna welcome Julie now This is Julie. Uh, Julie, this is Rachel. Hi. Uh, oh, uh, these are oh. these are aren't for you. <laughs> uh, these are for you. Welcome to our country. <laughs> Thank you. I'm from New York. <laughs> well, not a problem. We'll just use them to stop the bleeding. <laughs> Okay. 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 And we, we've discussed in the past how the the modern generation watching Friends will have issues with things, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like I would always have had an issue with this. Which bit? Because there's two bits that stand out to me. Okay, so so the bit is where Rachel very slowly talks to Julie, uh, saying, "Welcome to our country." Mm-hmm. Now. It's a very British thing for, for Brits to do is when they go abroad is to speak very loudly in English. And I'm sure Americans do it too. And slowly. And if someone doesn't understand you, you shout louder and slower because then they will understand you. Yeah. And you, you don't do that to, to anyone, especially if you're in their country, right? Mm-hmm. And it could almost be slightly racist of Rachel here going, well... There's a Chinese woman that's come back from China. She clearly does not speak English. Yeah, I feel like 
you shouldn't make any assumptions about their ability to speak a language until you've spoken to them. Yes. You shouldn't be like, hello. It's just, it's no. insulting. It's patronizing. It's, it's, especially as a lot of races are, you know, born natively in different countries now. Yes. Also, given the fact that the majority of non-English speaking countries speak English. Yes. Like yes. it's, it's only the English, the West, I guess, that tend to go, I speak English. That'll do. And stop. Yeah. Whereas nearly everyone in Europe speaks their native tongue and English. A lot of the kind of East will learn English because to most part of the deal with the West you need to. Yeah. Whereas we tend to be quite lazy and go, well, oh, hire a translator. Yeah. Um, and and I think with this, she should have got the clue that her name's Julie, not a traditional Chinese name. Yeah. Given that I know I know some Chinese friends who have their kind of you know, then their actual name. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll have their Chinese name and then their English name because we can't pronounce. Yeah. Or, or under, like, I get it. Like, there's times where you'll hear a name and because you've never heard it before, it's difficult to comprehend. See, I find that whole idea awful. I would much rather you tell me your actual name and me apologise and butcher it a hundred times in a row until I finally <laughs> understood what you've actually called. Yes. Because I wouldn't want to be called, like, and if I went to, an, let's say, an Asian country, and they were like, "What the hell is Ryan?" It's hard <laughs> to say. I wouldn't want them to call me something else, just well, because well, it was easier for them. Well, especially if you went to Japan, they would find Ryan hard to say. Yeah. Um, as as long as it's not not Dutch, because I can't roll my R's or Russian. <laughs> like I'm never getting your name right because that's not a thing. Like uh, generally, English speakers can't roll their R's because it's not something we learn to do. do no. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right there. Like if you if you have a name that's your name you shouldn't have to have a nickname for me that's fair yeah so so yeah i, I feel like rachel is being a potentially racist there but i think, I think the, the talking slowly she's being offensive i don't know if i call it racist yeah she's being incentive. the bit that stands out to me is where she mentions the orient yes um for the most part the orient's like a throwback to the like the british colonial days yeah. when it's what we decided to call the region i guess um but it always it never occurred to me as an issue until I saw an interview with a uh, British actress called Jessica Henwick, who's okay. in Star Wars, Iron Fist, a bunch of stuff. She's fantastic. Um, badass martial artist. She's phenomenal. Um, and she had a whole conversation about how she's not a rug, so don't call it Oriental. And it had never occurred to me that it was an offensive phrase. Yeah, I was just like, oh, that's, that's typically how British people tend to distinguish, I guess, southern asian people from the rest of asia yes um where we go okay well if you look like this you're oriental and if you like this you're asian yeah um it never occurred to me that that would be upsetting so it was quite open in the especially middle. when you have things like the orient express yeah. and stuff like that so you're like oh it's it's just a phrase like you don't ever know it as like a, a racist term it, i guess it starts out as a racist term yeah becomes common in language where to the point where you don't use it as a racist term but actually its connotations are yeah exactly are still racist so it's just the, the weird way language works i guess yes. um if you abbreviate the country name of where some people are from in the uk it's definitely a racial slur yeah. whereas if you were to call me a brit i'm not remotely offended because no. there's no negative connotation to it no one has ever called me a brit in an offensive way no. sure there are many people that would do but no one ever has so to me, there's no connotation of oh, he's a Brit. I'm not like I'm like yay. It's it's not it's not insulting. I'm not angry. You've said it. No. Whereas if I was from a different part of the world and you were to say oh, he's a whatever, yeah. I'd be like, well, that's not a right thing to say. Like if I overheard someone say that in the street, I'd be like, you can't call them that. What the hell are you doing? No, no, exactly. So yeah, it's it's a. I think this has got more problematic, and I don't think Friends is a problematic show generally. Mark, you know you can't use that word. I can use that word. You know where our brain goes every time <laughs> you use that word. <laughs> 
But I'm not explaining that. They can they can wonder about <laughs> yeah. problematic. Yeah, it's a it's a meme from yeah, somewhere. It's a meme. It's a nerd meme. Let's, it's a meme just, that... let's just leave it at that, right? <laughs> Mark and I can't say that word around one of each other without his post code. You're problematic because it's just a meme. Uh, yeah, join join the Patreon show. <laughs> you might find out the answer there. No, you won't. You definitely won't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so and the way Rachel's like, oh, there you are. After I've just fallen over a chair, like to run away from you and bang my head like it's just it's she's almost as bad as ross she's like oh i can use the flowers to like cover up my bleeding like it's so awkward and yeah cringe like oh there must have been some time in your life where someone's gone oh you're bleeding you've gone oh am i I didn't know it's because you've scratched yourself or something accidentally right i remember in secondary school someone threw a piece of slate off the back of my head and i was like ah that hurt my eyes watered a bit and i was like oh whatever and i was walking around and then i felt really sweaty I was like, why am I sweaty? And I touched the back of my neck and it, my hand just came back crimson because he had cut my head open. But I had no idea. I woke up for like 10 minutes. Um, so, so it's okay for you to tell someone, hey, like you got a cut, did you know? Like, yeah, I'd rather someone said, if someone had gone, Ryan, you're bleeding. They'd be like, what, let's fix this. Stop <laughs> yeah. just strolling around. Like, and my first thought was, oh, my collar's red. My mum's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> but in fairness, in fairness to Julie, she immediately gets points for me liking her. Because the first thing she does is a bit of New York sass straight back at Rachel with the, I'm from New York. Yes. It's like, cool. I like Julia already. She's immediately coming. It's the way she, yeah, she does it back like slowly so Rachel understands. Yeah, just. Uh, Yeah, absolutely great. Great first impression for the character to make where she's like, yes, she's not some delicate wallflower. She's got a personality. Let's go, Julie. Yeah. The trio are head off to baggage claim, as we heard in the clip. And then we join the rest of the gang at Monica's. Well. For some reason, Monica has champagne and strawberries out. This is so weird. I know, I know they're excited for this, but it's a bit odd, isn't it? I mean, if I was told you I'm after to confess my feelings to someone <laughs> and I got back with this person and you all had like champagne and strawberries, I'd find new friends. That's so <laughs> weird. Yeah, well, <laughs> if she went back to the apartment and they were just there and it was just Ross and Rachel, it's a bit presumptuous. Like I can imagine the candles and everything already, right? Although that'd be quite dangerous. Yeah. But but all your friends there just like, hmm, hmm. We've got that. We're, we're, we're waiting for it. Yeah, because, okay, so assuming it went the way the gang hoped it would and Ross and Rachel had a conversation and they confessed their feelings, you're going to have your first kiss then and there at the airport. It's going to happen. Maybe. It might it might still be a bit awkward where she's like, hey, Ross, I really like you. And he's like... No, like if, if I'm Ross in this situation and I've waited 10 years to kiss Rachel and she confesses her feelings when I've been away for a week, I'm not waiting. No, I feel Ross would be like, oh, no, I'm jet lag. I'm going to do something awkward now and ruin it. Grabbing that other bed that spoon by now. <laughs> <laughs> like, grabbed it. Like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I just think this whole thing is weird. I'd be so freaked out if I walked in with, with the person who just confessed their feelings to me and you were all stood there like, want some food and sparkly? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, no. Yeah, can well, they did, they've done this in a later episode where they think uh, Chandler has proposed to Monica, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like, no, like, you can't do this as a group because it's it's weird. Like, even, even if it had gone well, let's say they hadn't kissed, but it's still gone well, it's weird. If they had kissed, it's still weird. If they hadn't kissed, it's still weird. Also, if, you know, you finally got this, like, confession of passion and feeling. Rachel lives in that apartment. That means Rachel's bedroom's in that apartment. <laughs> I know where I'm heading if I'm entering that apartment. It's weird that oh, you're there. I'd be so annoyed. I'd be like, what? Why are you? No, I want to go in the... Oh. <laughs> no, I've got to make small talk with you about China. No, I think that's a way too... Like, I couldn't see Rachel being like, hey, like, 
we got together an hour ago, come back to my bedroom. Like, yep, go, go, go. <laughs> well, maybe in your mind. Like a SWAT team. <laughs> Kick the door in. <laughs> Throw the flashbang and run. Uh, is, is this why you're single, Ryan? <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Repelling through the window. <laughs> but we then discover that Phoebes has cut the boy's hair and we get introduced to a weird subplot of this episode. Yeah, it's, it's quite a famous one. Yeah. But it doesn't really work for me. It's just weird. I, I don't remember it as a part of this episode. I remember that Phoebe does what she does. Yes. But my head doesn't put it together with this episode because the other, the main plot point of this episode is so monumental that it kind of overshadows the, the haircuts. I, I wonder if at this point, because we haven't really seen Phoebe for quite a bit now, mm. they're struggling to where to fit her in. Because cause she doesn't live in the apartments. She's not attached to any of the friends properly. No. She's weird and kooky. Like, you know, if, eventually it becomes like her and Joey are best friends. Yeah. But right now, she's not really... Couldn't go, oh, well, she's Monica's friend. You just kind of go, she's just there. She knows the gang. Yeah, yeah. so I, I wonder if they're, they're struggling at this point to kind of really find where she fits in. All right, Mark, I have a question for you. Okay. Would you trust any of your friends to cut your hair? It depends. Some friends, potentially, right? Because as a guy, it's a bit easier, because all you have to do is just go... Just make it shorter and I'll figure it out afterwards. I mean, I guess where this would help if this was video and audio, but oh Lord, no, would I not trust any of you with my hair? Your hair's different though, because you have long hair, right? So it kind of needs to, you can't just be like, I'm just going to cut four inches off the bottom and it's going to look great. It's going to look weird, right? I mean, I'd probably cry for a week for every inch of calf, but yeah. Whereas a guy with shorter hair, if you just like did like some snipping, it might not look great, but as soon as you put some gel or wax or mess it up, like it just looks like messy bed hair, done. It's fine. It's not an issue. Whereas if you have, like, a nice styled hair, it's a bit different. No, I want that nice burden of payment keeping my hair. (laughs) The person cutting my hair needs to know they have to do a poor job. I'm not paying. (laughs) So they need to make sure they behave because they've been hired to do so. And then there's this nice, like, transactional safety around my hair (laughs) where they they have to do their job properly and focus. Because it's that livelihood. And, and this is why you go to the very fancy expensive barbers with the, the PS4 in the, the corner, don't you? To, yes. If you're paying more money, they're going to be better, right? Same for my beard. My beard trim is fantastic when it does occasionally get yeah. trimmed. And the guy who trims my beard is great and it's expensive. I could go around the corner and get it done for like seven quid. But I don't because it takes a time to grow. This is why we need a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a groom, Ryan. Um, but, but, you know, as a guy as well, though, like if you, someone does cut your hair badly... You shave it all off. Oh, God, no. See, my, that for my beard, yeah. If, like, if, if the guy sneezed one day and actually said, I'd be like, okay, we'll just cut it off. Yeah. But my hair, I'd be mortified. I couldn't. I'd, I'd be the moniker of this. Oh, episode. no. If, if someone like, just said, you want a number one now, I'd be like, fine, it'll grow out in like two weeks. They'd better be like on a Chinese menu or an ice cream. I don't want a number one. <laughs> I want my hair that I've been growing forever. Um, but yeah, again, we've talked about this subplot for far too long already. Um, but yeah, so Phoebe's cut the boy's hair. Um, and it apparently looks good. I, it's the first time we've seen them this season, so we don't really know what it looked like before, I guess. No, their their hairstyles don't really change that much through the series. No. Occasionally, Joey has that weird, long, like, floppy flick thing that everyone start, had in the yeah, noise, yeah, yeah. yeah. But once you kind of get to the look of Joey, it seems like it stays the same. And, Ro- and Ross's hair just stays with the, the bit sticking out the front, the landing pad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's that called? Kind of like it's, not, it's not a quiff. Ski, snow peak, ski peak, something like that. Some kind of, I'm sure peaks in there somewhere. But 
we don't need to worry about the haircuts <laughs> because suddenly Rachel bursts through the door and uplifts the gang one word at a time in between gasping breaths. Yeah. I mean... No one be... understands what she's saying. She's, she's, she's legged it up the stairs. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if we hadn't just seen what had happened, you wouldn't know. If we just started that clip there to someone who'd never seen Friends before, they'd be like, what? So I don't blame the gang for not getting what she's talking about. No. It's completely awful, and she doesn't do a good job at all. And she clearly didn't run up the stairs that fast, because Ross and Julie arrive, like, moments later. They do. Uh, and then Julie starts to tell a little story. Well, th- this is the weird bit, right? So Ross introduces Julie to the gang. hmm And, as I said last episode, they've just got off a very long flight, I assume probably overnight, or they haven't slept really in a while. Ross is like, hey, Julie, I'm going to bring you back with all your bags to my sister's apartment. Not mine, to my sister's apartment, so you can meet people while you feel icky and gross from like having been on a plane for a long time and haven't showered in probably a day. I've been thinking about this, and I've decided it's acceptable because Monica's a chef. (laughs) Because you've been on a long flight all the way from China, and you're probably going to be hungry, and you could go to your place and cook, or you could get takeout, or... You could pop into your sister's for a nice meal. You could pop into your sister's and go, hey, sister, I know you're not busy right now. Can you, like, whip up something with whatever you've got lying around? It's Monica, so that's still going to be better than whatever I'd make. It it would, but I don't know if Monica would appreciate that. That's what I'd do. (laughs) Plus, I need tea. You can do that at your house. Yeah, but it's not the same. I, I think it's weird. Like, next day, fine, but right now... Right, when I get back from holiday with a woman, I'm looking straight to your house. <laughs> Let's see you do that. I bet you don't. <laughs> just, just not let me in. That's the problem. I'll just be stood at the door. Well, I, I was going to say there probably wouldn't be a woman there. But... Yeah, I've got to convince her to go back with <laughs> yeah. me first. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Julie starts telling this story about how they met, how she and Ross met, and all this kind of stuff. And Rachel just cuts her off and spoils the story. Yeah. Which is just rude. Yep. And this is the start of Rachel seeming like a very unlikable person in this episode. Yeah, I I don't know if Rachel does this a lot, but I'm sure this happens a few times through the series of people having like a story and someone cutting in the punchline because they're like, yeah, shut up. Like, it's about me now. So, yeah, I mean, nothing worse than stepping on someone's punchline. Yeah. Um, but Monica is intrigued and wants to know how they met. And uh, that's our first clip of the episode. Well, it's not. It's our second. Is it? It is. We had the Welcome Julie one. I'm still thinking about getting tea after a long flight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Rachel! Oh. Airport! Airport! Ross! Not alone! Julie! Arm around her! Oh! Cramp! 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 Okay, I think she's trying to tell us something. <laughs> Quick, get the verbs. <laughs> Ow! You! That's alright, Rach. We got the bags. Uh... Hi, hello. Oh, honey. Julie, this is my sister, Monica. This is Chandler. Hey. Hey, Phoebe. Hi. Mm-hmm. Joey, what up? Okay. Everyone, this is Julie. Julie. Oh. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. Hey. Hi. But I'm not here. You haven't met me. I'll make a much better first impression tomorrow when I don't have 20 hours of cabin playing on me. And bus. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, with the ca- screaming guy? And the oh spitting in yeah, the... Yeah, you, you, you got to hear this story. Yeah. We're on this bus that's easily 200 years old, e- right? 200 at least. And this guy... And the chicken poops in her lap! 
sorry. I just gave away the ending, didn't I? Oh, it's just, I just heard this story in the cab, and it is all I can think about. <laughs> this is amazing. I mean, how, how did this happen? Well, Ross and I were in grad school together. Yeah, but we haven't seen each other since then. While I land in China, guess who's in charge of the dig? Julie! Just kick you in the crotch, spit on your neck, fantastic. Have a drink for every time the word Julie is said. Yeah. <laughs> Parallel before the end. But put poor Chandler, like Rachel just burst in, going, it's you, you're, you're full. It's like, well, he only said that he likes you. He didn't like go into detail about how you should go to the airport or anything. Yeah, everything after that point, it's all on Rachel. Yeah. Um, what I like about the little story of how they met is that it's super adorable and romantic and one of those fairy tale-esque stories. But everyone gets sick of hearing this story pretty quickly because once you've heard it once, it stops being interesting. But these kind of stories get told every time you're a friendship group or you meet new people. I think the nicest thing about this is it's not he met woman whilst in China. He didn't meet Chinese woman or just random woman. It's like, I met someone I actually used to know. That's why it's adorable. And, that, and you know, there's a reason that we've come back to New York together because she lives here and we studied together here. And the reason that we met there is because we both studied and did the same degree and stuff. And exactly. It's, it's, it makes it really nice that way. It's almost like a romantic comedy. It's like, oh, look, someone I knew back in the day and now we've reunited and now there's love has blossomed and, you know, romance has dawned and it's, it's cute. And then you read in, like, Julie's personality, which is, like, really confident, funny, quite sweet. And it just all adds together to something really nice. Exactly. Um, I've had a story like this, and I wouldn't show up telling the story for a week or two. But luckily, I had my super supportive friends and all their moaning and eye-rolling every time I'd bring it up. I, I'm going to have to ask you off air which story this is, because there's about 20 of them I can think of right now. It's a, it's a recent one. but uh, <laughs> There's still 20 I can think of right now. <laughs> um, I mean, mainly it's one one of my friends who, if ever I mention this, just kind of goes, ugh. But I assume that's because he's just lonely. Oh, okay. But uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't have someone to pine over. No, exactly. Um, also, what stands out to me most of this is Rachel's phrase of, isn't that just kick you in the crotch and spit on your neck fantastic? What? <laughs> Who wrote this phrase? Where did it come from? Is it an American colloquialism? What? Yeah, it's, it's, it's impactful, isn't it? It's gross. I guess if you think about it. No, I don't. I don't. Obviously, it's sarcastic. But I'm just like, it's hideous. It's just the phrasing, the idea of it. It's all just grim. It doesn't need to be ever said out loud ever again. Okay. Like, they should, they should mute it in the episode. There should be like a, a not spit on your neck fantastic dub where it's just cut out. Is it spit on or spit in your neck? In your neck? How do they spit in well, your neck? Well, I'm thinking like, you know, she's like kicking the crotch is like terrible. If she was like... And spitting on your neck isn't. That's not that gross. It's being spat on? Yeah. No, you're oversharing my... No, I, 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 feel, I feel like being kicked in the crotch would be way more painful than someone spitting on my neck. Well, neither are good. It's not either or, it's both. It's <laughs> no, kick in the crotch and spit on my neck. I feel yeah. like that's injury, insult. That's literally adding insult see, to injury. See, I, I thought it was like, like spit down your neck, almost like a Mortal Kombat fatality, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like you've just beheaded them and then you spit down their neck sort of thing. I mean, but, that's still not good. No, it's not good. No, okay. I think, but that's what I think it's meant to be like... It, 
bad, isn't it? And it is, it's just, but it's just the, dude, the whole phrase is disgusting. <laughs> she could have been like, isn't that bloody fantastic? I mean, she's not from London, so she probably wouldn't say it like that. But no. you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Any other phrase would have done. Um, but Julian Ross then have to leave, and I'm not surprised after that gross phrase, saying that it's really 6pm tomorrow to them. And then Chandler makes a super weak joke about them not telling him what's going to happen as he likes a surprise. So if it's 6pm tomorrow for them, that's fine. They should still be awake. But I assume they've been on a long flight and actually not really slept on the plane. No, I mean, well, I, being an NHL fan, stay up till New York time most nights anyway. I'll be up till half two, three o'clock, which is like 10, half 10, 11 in New York. So when I went to New York, I arrived in New York and felt fine because I was used to being on a plane anyway. Yeah. So it didn't matter. Did the New York holiday, came back home, was exhausted from the travel, not from the jet lag. I didn't get jet lag because I'm used to being up late anyway. Yeah. So I just felt tired from traveling and dragging stuff around to travel halfway across the world. But the next day I wasn't like, oh, I'm not good. I was just, cool, let's go. Well, here's an interesting fact for you. Well, maybe not interesting. Here's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> back yeah. uh, If you fly from uh, east to west, you will suffer jet lag like pretty badly because of the time Whereas if you, no, sorry, if you go east to west, you don't suffer it because you're following the sun. Yeah. So like the time difference really doesn't matter too much. If you're going west to east, you'll suffer it more because obviously you're doing the opposite time in a way. So like if you leave New York at, you know, 12, 12 lunchtime and you're going to you know, London or further, yeah. then it's going to be like midnight there. True. By the time you arrive. So it, it's way worse going one way than it is the other. So, oh, okay. so, so if you're going going west, it's way easier to acclimatise because you just stay up later. Whereas if you're going east, well, you need to mess with your sleeping habits. That's how the other half lives. I mean, like both times I've been to New York, I was fine when I got back. Just a weirdo. Just, yeah. <laughs> just life of a British NHL fan, I guess. Um, but yeah, this joke about not spoiling what is going to happen is probably the weakest joke Chandler ever makes. And I expect more from Chandler. I mean, you know, it's been long established. Chandler is the funny one. And this joke sucked. Yeah, you, you do wonder, like, with the rewrites and stuff they do in the show, that like, sometimes they're just like, nothing's really landing, just go with whatever kind of got a laugh and move on because we're not going to be here all night. Yeah. Because I know, like, on The Simpsons, like, they, they would spend all night trying to write a joke. Whereas Friends, they've already written their jokes, and if it doesn't work, they're like, they're going to try for a little bit, but you've got recording to do and people want to go home. Like, yeah, at some point... Maybe it's that, or maybe it just doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why there needed to be a joke there. Could have just been, we need to go, we're tired. They leave, and then we get Rachel closing the door. There's a little sad piano interlude, and then the gang shares Rachel's appointment. Don't think you needed the joke in the middle. Yeah, it's one of those things with a lot of comedy shows where when they have, like, something sad or bad happen, like, need to put a joke in, so just live it outside. It's like, no, sometimes you can just sit on these sad moments. Yeah. It doesn't have to always be a laugh in there. It's true. But then we cut, we're in Central Perk, Ross and Chandler at Central Perk, as Ross asks Rachel for some coffee. Chandler asks the same question, but he gets a question in return. Rachel wants to know if Chandler's spoken to Ross about her, and apparently Chandler's right to coffee, or hinges on him getting this information. <laughs> Which, again, like, what? No, Rachel. He's with Julie now? He is, I guess. Just, I just don't understand why, he thinks it, why she thinks it's okay to be doing all this quizzing. Oh, she wants to know, right? All of a sudden, she's like super interested in what she can't have that she could have had before. Nope, suck it up. 
The lid's on the cookie jar. Although he has been on uh, other dates and stuff before. Like, she didn't seem to care too much then. No, exactly. But I suppose it's, you know, you, like you said, you want what you can't have. And yeah. When someone takes it away from you, you want it more. You want it more, yeah. Um, but Chandler does try and get the information. And that's our next clip. I mean, when last we left you, you were totally in love with, you know. I know, I know I was, but there was always this little voice inside that kept saying, it's never going to happen. Move on. You know whose voice that was? God? <laughs> it was you, pal. Well, maybe it was God doing me. Look, you were right, okay? She looks at me and sees a friend. That's all. And then I met Julie, and, and I don't know, we're having a great time. And I have to say, I never would have gone for it with her if it hadn't been for you. Well, you owe me one, big guy. Here's your lemonade. I didn't order lemonade. Oh. Well, well, then you, you better go take that back, because they're going to charge you for that. But, go, 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 oh. go, go. Come on, come on. Okay. So, uh, what did you find out? He said... He, he said... He said they're having a great time. I'm sorry. But the silver lining, if you want to see it, is that he made this decision all by himself. Without any outside help whatsoever. Imagine God doing Chandler. Can I be any any more omnipotent? <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite fun to be, man. Yeah. Could this be any more miracle? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, he has to feel so sorry for Chandler. He just sticks his foot in everywhere, every single time. Yeah. And, you know, none of this is Chandler's fault. It's nope. Ross and Rachel's fault. Chandler, Chandler's not good with the advice. Yeah, of all the people to go for dating advice in the show, why would you pick Chandler? Yes. I mean, Ross had nine months to grab a spoon, and then he picked the wrong one. Yep. And then Rachel, again, in the last episode she mentions, he mentioned asking me out at some point, and it's like, well, you had nine months to not be sleeping with Paolo <laughs> to ask him out. So it's no one fault but your own. Yeah, I, I feel like we're just going to end up repeating ourselves over and over at this point. Just yeah. like, Chandler said some things, he just passed on the information. He didn't tell you what to do. Yeah. And in fact, the boys most of the time said, hey, Ross, maybe you should like forget about Rachel. Yeah, it's not his fault at all. You can't blame him. But we leave this short scene and then we get some sumo wrestling because this one thing this episode does quite a lot, but it randomly moves time in, to be honest, quite an unclear way. Yes. You're suddenly like, oh, so they're there, then it's the next day, and then suddenly Ross is now at Monica's apartment and the gang are watching sumo wrestling. I'm like, oh, are we not going to see the gang meet more of Julie now? Where's Julie at this point? Is she at her house? Like- yeah, there, there's weird time skips. And during the show, I don't really notice it. You just think it carries on the next time or day or whatever. Yeah. But as we're going through these episodes, you're like, oh, actually, a week skipped just a second ago. And I didn't realize it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the time has moved. And for this, this scene was really jarring for me because I was like, right, they're at the coffee shop. I don't know what time it is. But for some reason, my brain assumed it was like mid-morning. Well, this is the thing, and the, the the show does bring this up where they're like, don't you have jobs to go to? Because you just assume they're there in the day, yeah, not after work or the weekend. But it's a New York coffee shop, so they could be there at 6am, and then it would still be open at 11pm. Yeah. So it could be literally any stretch throughout the day. It could be yeah. lunchtime, we don't know. Uh, but then we're back in the apartment, I'm kind of like, wait, what? What are we doing? Some on TV? What are we watching? What's going on? I'm confused. 
Well, you don't know what day it is. It could be a Saturday. Yeah. If one could have the day off, we just don't know. Um, but that's what they're watching. And then Monica's all excited and asks Phoebe if Phoebe knows what Monica's thinking. And does she? Well, <laughs> Phoebe being adorable and Phoebe, she thinks it's a sincere question and actually tries to think, what could Monica be thinking about? <laughs> and that's when we get the classic line, that it's been so long since you had sex, you're wondering if they changed it. <laughs> Which, again, is it's a Chandler line. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but this is pure Chandler. Well, yeah, because there's another line I like that Chandler has where he's like, I think my virginity's grown back again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if Joey or Chandler had said that, it would be such a massive burn. Like, you'd just be like, ooh. <laughs> and it would go down as one of, like, the all-time classic insults slash ribs in Friends. But because Phoebe's Phoebe and it just comes across as it, sincere, yeah, it's somehow less impactful as a joke. Well, 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 during one of your your dry spells, did you ever wonder if it changed? I mean, I'd barely had enough of it to know what it was like to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so you could have changed it, and I probably wouldn't have noticed. Um, but Monica corrects Phoebe about wanting her to cut her hair, as Phoebe did such a good job on the boy's hair. But Phoebe says no, because Monica is completely anal and an unbelievable control freak. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yep, 100%. I'm like, yep, cool. Well done, Phoebe. You made the right choice. Um, but then we have a little clip about the haircuts and something else. You know what I'm thinking? Oh, okay. Hal, <laughs> it's been so long since you've had sex, you're wondering if they've changed it? <laughs> no. Although now that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> All right, so what were you thinking? Well, I was thinking that you gave the guy such great haircuts, I thought maybe you'd like to do mine. Oh, no. <laughs> Why not? Because I'm just... I'm incredibly anal and an unbelievable control freak. No, you're not. I know I'm not, but you are. <laughs> and I was trying to spare your feelings. Hello? Oh, hi. Yeah, hold on a sec. Ross. Julie, for you? Oh. Hello. Hi. Hey. Anybody know a good tailor? You need some clothes altered? No, no. I'm just looking for a man to draw on me with chalk. <laughs> Why don't you go see Frankie? My family's been going to him forever. He did my first suit when I was 15. No, wait. 16. No. Excuse me. 15. All right, when was 1990? Okay, you have to stop the Q-tip when there's resistance. That's a line you can use in everyday life, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, but Joey's definitely uh, finished with his personal experiments, so his science experiments now with that denseness. Yes, he's definitely <laughs> uh, performed a one or two. <laughs> yes. I mean, Phoebe's not wrong. Monica is definitely weird. Yes. I like how she did like a little bit of backhand thing. Like, oh, I'm controlling. I'm like, no, that's me. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely you. Um, weirdly in the scene, Chandler really storms into the room and is like, anyone know a tailor? I have, yeah, I have a question. Far away. Uh, why does Chandler need a tailor? Like, we don't know, do we? No. And it's a weird thing to kind of need, especially urgently. I mean, getting a suit, a tailored suit is really expensive. Yes. Like having a suit, Altered is expensive. Getting one entirely tailor-made is very expensive. I mean, we learn later on that Chandler's not exactly short of cash and it's been funding Joey's life for a while. So well, they, could, they could have made a funny joke out of this, like he bent over and ripped his trousers and wanted a tailor to, to redo them or something. But, but otherwise, we don't know why. There's, and, and whilst it's, a, it's another famous scene, like 
I, I almost think like the the Taylor scene coming up matches the the Monica's haircut scene. Yeah. In terms of its popularity and where it fits in, but I forget that they're intertwined basically. Yeah, like if they have to match the scene to the episode game, neither no one would put those scenes in this episode. Right. But still, what are you gonna do? Uh Joe recommends Frankie. Of course this is Taylor. Do you have a personal Taylor mark? Uh, well, I am uh, very British and very uh, wealthy and, and all that stuff. So, uh, of course I do. I go down to, you know, one of the London streets and... Uh, no, I don't have a tailor. No, like it's a, it seems like a very grown-up thing to have. Like, I have a tailor. Yeah. It's just like, oh, really? But it's not. It's just like having a regular for anything, a haircut. It's, I feel or... like it's like a James Bond thing, isn't it? Where, like, you know, yeah. you, you, if you say that, you're like, oh, he, he must be someone important. I guess maybe in Britain, like you said, like you say tailor, you think of like like Savile Row, or whatever, yes. like really expensive tailored suits. <laughs> Whereas you in Birmingham are like the guy at the market. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> like, you'd just be like, it's a suit. You probably buy it off the rack, and if it didn't fit, you take it in yourself or get a belt or, yeah. you know, you, you do something that's particularly part of everyday life. So it's a weird thing for, to I, me at least, it's weird to ask for. I would really like a tailored suit because I'd like to see if I actually look good in something for once. I get told I look good in suits, but then every bloke looks good in a suit, provided it fits somewhat. That, well. That's what I would like to see, because buying a suit just in a shop just always looks weird. Last time I wore a suit was to a friend's wedding, and my ex borrowed a fur shoulder shawl thing. I don't know what right. it was. It was fur, <laughs> and it went over your shoulders. Right. Um, and I had like a blue suit on. And I'd somehow found I had myself near the fur and decided that I should wear it because see what it would look like. And I put it on. I looked fantastic. <laughs> like I went from feeling like me in a suit, which is horribly uncomfortable. I yeah. hate wearing suits. And the second I put this fur on, I was like, ooh la la, I look amazing. And I basically like swung around. And I sat down to photo myself and realised I look like a gangster from some kind of like Guy Ritchie movie. Like I'm just sat in this like... Did, did you have your like pink feather boa <laughs> hat on or whatever? <laughs> it's just like I was like making people up as they couldn't refuse. And it was, it was weird, but it looked good. So you can look good in a suit provided it fits well. And, and how did you feel when you put the dress on? Fine. <laughs> Fine as always. Okay. I've only ever worn one dress so far. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that should be a Patreon culture. Should we put the Ryan in a dress picture up? Um, yeah. It's, it's a great picture. That picture was shared at work, and everyone was like, oh my God. As if like they, for some reason, never imagined me in a wedding dress. And I was like, well, why not? Yeah, you look great in it. I mean, I don't know why I've never pictured you in a wedding dress. Now I'm picturing you in a wedding dress. Please don't. <laughs> well, if you get married, you can wear a dress. You can have a gender flipped wedding and everyone, all the guys have to wear dresses and all the girls wear suits. I'm sure I could guess a lot of my friends. It'll, it'll just be you turning up in a dress and going, why is everyone else like not in a dress? Everyone has to be miserable. Like, they'd be grumpy about it. And I'd, I'd have heels on and I'd be like, like swanning down <laughs> yeah. the aisle. You, you would be uh, like on RuPaul's Drag Race, wouldn't you? You'd go full in on it. I would. Purse first, baby. Purse first. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten where we were in the episode now. I got lost in dresses. Uh, well, Ross returns his uh, spouting affectionate striffle to Judy on the phone and then sits down to Rachel to really rub it in. Yes, I mean, ugh, this kind of nonsense infuriating in general. There's nothing worse than hearing a friend on the phone being like, look, there's two things that are funny to hear. One is your friend on the phone to a partner and the other is a friend on the phone to their mum. <laughs> One sickening and gross 
because it's like, yeah, I love you too, you ain't got any. Just shut up, you're both adults. Yeah. Especially when you're not 12, like when you were grown up and you are, when you know, when you've got bills to pay. I don't want to hear, oh, I love you. Shut up. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Maybe it's the British enough yeah. where I'm like, this place of affection should be seldom and private. <laughs> and then when your friend's on the phone to it's, their mum, it's always really funny because the tone of voice changes. Well, yeah, the, the swearing stops, the politeness comes in. Yeah, like, okay, mum. Okay, I'll do that. I'll see you soon. <laughs> bye, mum. Love you. Bye bye. Because <laughs> your, your, your voice just softens and it's always really funny to hear. Well, I always find it funny, to be fair. But this is so like, unfortunate for poor Rachel. Like, she's not she handled... doesn't want to hear this, does she? She doesn't. She's not had it well so far, but she doesn't need Russ sat right next to her being all gross. In some ways, she deserves this for everything she did in front of Ross with Paolo. Like, oh, look, we're getting off of each other. Just constantly. I guess, I mean, Rachel is, I guess, feigning, at least pretending that she had no idea that Ross was that into her. So I guess it wasn't malicious. She was just, you know, passionately involved with Paola. Well, do you remember the scene where the lights go out and Ross is doing his scary laugh and yeah. the lights come up? Like, that's much worse than Ross on the phone going, like, no, you hang up now. It, is wor- it was worse for Ross. Yes. I feel like making out of a hotter you've just met in the dark and then everyone accidentally seen isn't... No, I'm saying that's worse for Ross, but like for, for in this situation, for Rachel, like, yeah, it's bad, but it's not that bad. Like, you've done way worse in front of him. I don't know. So I think it's just I hate the whiny Ross affection so much that I <laughs> somehow decided it's worse. <laughs> like, I'd much rather hear someone being lovey-dovey than watch them kiss somebody else. But at the same time, it's Ross. Is, is it just because Ross... He's mewling and pathetic with it. Yeah, I guess you've watched 24 episodes of him, like, pining over Rachel. And now he's just quickly transferred that to Julie. And you're like, no, you can't just do that. Yeah, and, like, at least have some decorum. Like, you you had feelings for Rachel before a week ago. Don't be all mewling and gross over someone in front of her. It's just, ugh. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. He, He does come across as a bit pathetic and a bit clingy. Like, I don't know what I sound when I talk to a woman I, I like. In my head, I have, like, a deep, timbery voice, and I'm like, hey, baby, how are you doing? <laughs> or at least I'm like, yes, I, 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 I find you equally desirable, and we should spend more time together. Well, I don't, I don't well know actually, what I you're more like Chandler going, would you like to see my room? Oh, no, you no. wouldn't. Okay, good night. <laughs> I don't know what I sound like. I hope to, to you know, the maker, I don't sound like Ross. Uh, I wouldn't know. I've, I've never been with you. Right, that's it. I'll do some research now. Hi, girl from however long ago. Do I sound like this? And then you're going to ask her, like, do I have, do, am I like a woman? Rattle, rattle, rattle. But, uh, no, I hate it. And then what's even worse is they play the stupid you hang up, no, you hang up yeah, game. Yeah, that's something you do when you're 14, right? Just, I didn't do it then, mostly because girls weren't interested. <laughs> <laughs> but I just know when the conversation's over, hang up. I don't like talking on the phone. Um, text me or talk to me in person. I find the phone irritating. Well, especially as they could just go and see each other. They're adult. Like, when you do it when you're 14, it's because you can't see them. Yeah. But Ross could be like, well, Judy, why don't I just come around now? She could go, sure. Sounds great. No, you hang up first. Like, ugh. I can imagine like, if we like, finish like, this episode being like, you say bye first. No, you say bye first. No, you say bye first. <laughs> well, if you stick, stick, stick to the end, you might find out. Uh, yeah, Ra- Rachel intervening, just hanging up the phone, like, funny. 
I kind of don't like the little backpedaling of like, oh, I thought you was talking to me. Like, I'd rather she was like, no, I'm just showing you how I feel. Yeah, like if, if I was doing that and you hung up the phone and just went, idiot, I'd be like, fair. Yeah. yeah. Like, fair enough, you caught me out there. Fair enough. But yeah, the backpedal's pointless. Uh, but then Rachel heads off into the kitchen, followed by Joey, and chats to the gang, wondering what happened to her. As a few weeks ago, Ross was just Ross. And now he's Ross. Uh, no, yeah, I don't like that. She's becoming whiny like him. Like, maybe they should be together. No, it's just the, the effect of being around Ross for too long is you become <laughs> yeah. whiny and you annoying. You become Ross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. It just, it's just irritating. Especially because it seems so sudden. I guess yes. I'm, not, I'm not buying it yet. There's not even so much as smooch. She's just being jealous and a bit bratty, I guess. Like, if you took the first couple episodes where they were kind of flirting and getting to know each other and she did it then, fine. But we've had nearly nine months saying of her not being interested in Ross and now she's really interested in him like if he were, if he came back without Julie I don't think she would really care as much no they'd have a conversation and I think she'd freak out about it going wrong and then that would be it potentially yeah um, but yeah it's odd so we get a little interlude and then the gang are eating breakfast minus Ross at Monica's apartment do you know how long it took me to realise they were eating breakfast? This is why when I said like I couldn't work out what time it was for most of this episode, I was just like, wait, what's happening? Huh? What? I only worked it out because they got bagels on the side. Oh, okay. Because the food that Joey and Chandler are picking up are like vegetables and tomatoes and stuff. And in my brain, that's not breakfast. Food. No, that's not breakfast. But then they've got bagels. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. What are we eating? I see bagels. It must be breakfast. And then that was, I guess, kind of confirmed by the fact that Rachel opens her bedroom door and admits that she's done something stupid. What's going on? Well, I, I sort of did a stupid thing last night. What stupid thing did you do? Buongiorno a tutti. Ew. That's what that's what we need for that clip. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the short clip of hers because I think it just says it all right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a single person listening to this podcast that doesn't know exactly who's just walked out of that bedroom, yeah. and they've all had pretty much Phoebe's reaction of ew, and just <laughs> <laughs> just. Would you ever say, like, you've done a stupid thing in front of the person you've done the stupid thing with? If they couldn't understand what I was saying, probably. <laughs> it's quite an offensive thing in a way. Uh, I mean, he's pretty stupid, to be fair. But I, I do love, like, he, how he's come back. Like, you think, oh, he's, he's gone. You know, Ross did the whole slamming door goodbye thing. I think him coming back at this point is perfect. It's great. It was a massive surprise. Like, I guess you kind of forget knowing that's what she's done as you're re-watching the show. Yep. You'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, it's Paolo. But if you didn't know, and this is your first time, you were like, what? Him? <laughs> and then you're angry because of what he did to Phoebes and Ran, you know, just the whole drama that kind of unfolds. So when it talks about doing a stupid thing, it is a monumentally stupid. Of all the, the men Rachel could have slept with, Paolo is probably top of the stupid list. Yeah, like if it, but it, it has to work that way because if it was Carl or random other guy, I don't, you'd be like, oh, who's that? Oh, he wouldn't be stupid. Like, if it was, no. it was anyone other than Barry or uh, no, I think, no, I think it could still be stupid because it could be like, oh, I didn't really want to. I did it because I felt sad and lonely. Yeah, but that, that again, that would be a conversation you had after with the gang afterwards. Like, oh, I just did them to make myself feel better. But Paolo or Barry would be a legitimate stupid thing to do. Everyone yeah. else is a mistake. This is dumb. Yeah, no, that's fair. So I think that's the difference. Um... Although it does make me happy seeing Paolo again. I don't know why. I hate him. I think it's because everyone hates him so much. It's almost nice to see him again, so I get to hate him again. I like how he just comes in the happiest guy ever all the time. 
Yeah, I mean, you say hello, with, everyone. You're sleeping with Rachel, and you look like Paolo. You'd probably be pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, be yeah. Well, and um, we've we've figured out he must have some money because he's back in New York still. Yeah. I, what does he do? Is he? I'm assuming he's a model. That's yeah, what I'm going to decide. Yeah. So, so I'm going to assume he's got money as well. So yeah. Why can't we all be a Paolo? I mean, I love that Phoebe actually runs off into the kitchen. Yeah. Which is entirely the right reaction to a Paolo returning. Um, also, how has Paolo's English not gotten any better? You would think he would, especially being in New York, just pick it up. Like, how long has he arguably been around New York now? Like, like it's got to be nine months now because he was near the start. Yeah, he was quite near the start, wasn't he? So even if you assume six months as a minimum, yeah. that's still long enough to. And he's been with Rachel. You just pick up stuff by being with someone who speaks English a lot. Yeah. Unless... Maybe because he's so handsome, he doesn't need to learn another language. You just kind of, you know, chow his way through life. Well, they, they do say, like, the more attractive you are, the more kind of perks you get in life. I mean, you and I only know one language, Mark. Does that mean we're Paolo sexy? Um, yes. Yes, let, yes, yes logic, definitely. Sticking yeah. strictly to that logic. Yep. We and, we're, yes. and we're going to have a tier where you can meet us on the Patreon. And... Oh, God. <laughs> There'll never be so many chargebacks. <laughs> yes. It's just like, refund, refund. <laughs> yes. They say they were Paolo. They are not a Paolo. <laughs> They're not even a Ross. No. Not even a Gumpfer. <laughs> I always thought that Gunther was quite attractive, to be fair. Like, I know he looks weird and he's creepy as a character. He's a decidedly creepy man, but he's not a bad-looking chap. I don't know what to say. No, I don't think he is. I've, like, never, I've never really thought of him in that way, to be honest. Well, he gets a lot of stick, does poor Gunther. He does. But it's normally because of his, you know, his crazily bright hair and just his... Like, if I give him stick, it's because he tells creepy, creepy things. Like when we meet Emily... In future seasons, he's like, Rachel's my girlfriend. He's like, no, she's not, you weirdo. That's creepy. It's nothing to do with his looks. It's that he's creepy. Yeah, if he, if he didn't have the short blonde hair, I think that would change. And I guess it's because his look doesn't change over 10 years either. Mm. Whereas society did, like, if you looked how you did in 94 in 2004, you would stand out a lot. True. Like, like people people change a lot. You think of David Beckham, like, in the, the late 90s, like, that's when people started t- paying attention to how they looked. True. Like, that's fair. And certainly you think of it as like uh, when you was at school, every kid had like a, the bowl haircut. Yep. Whereas kids now, no, they have styled hair and yep. fancy clothes. and like, Fades and yeah. words one of the brother says that I don't understand, <laughs> but just not along anyway. Yeah. Um, well, it looks older. Paolo heads into the kitchen uh, and touches Phoebe's butt again. He does. Which, to be honest, is entirely Rachel's fault. Because you were sleeping with Paolo, you touched Phoebe's butt, you stopped sleeping with Paolo, then you slept with Paolo, which in Paolo's brain means it's okay to touch Phoebe's butt because you can still sleep with Rachel. So he sleeps with Rachel and then touches Phoebe's butt. But he probably also just finds he can do whatever he wants with women because one, he would either get the reaction of Phoebe and then just move on again. Or two, he would get like the Joey reaction where they like, oh, attractive man here. I'm into that. So, right. may, so maybe, you know, for him, he didn't care, right? Oh, Bosworth coming back up, Mark. Is this problematic? He is. Like, like doing that is, is, is definitely wrong. Is it problematic that it's not addressed by anyone? I would say yes, that, you know, this behaviour is just, you know, he pinches Phoebe's butt in a room full of people after sleeping with Rachel and no one bats an eye. Yeah, I feel like the first time when Phoebe said something about it, like, fine, that's, that was yeah. the right thing to do, yeah? The second time, no, like someone, even Phoebe, should have gone. No, you, like, you definitely don't do that. Like, off you go. Yeah. So, 
I mean, but, but I guess that was the 90s. Like, it was seen as cheeky, I guess, to, to do that. Whereas now, like, you, would un- you should understand you don't touch someone, like, in that way, at least without their permission, right? Yeah. I mean, problematic is definitely going to come back up in this episode. Um, we have things that develop later on. Which okay. is a much, it's a really big conversation, and it's actually a really small part of the episode. But we'll get there when we get there. Well, first off, we've got to hear how Rachel is explaining her shame to uh, everyone as Ross and Julie enter. Hi. Hey. Hey. Hi. Sorry we're late. We were, uh, well, there was touching. What, uh, what, uh, what are you doing here? Uh, I do Raquel. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, he's back. Yeah, he's back. Is that a problem? No, not a problem. Good. Glad it's not a problem. Okay, you're gonna have to not touch my ass. <laughs> well... Despite the yummy bagels and palpable tension, I've got pants that need to be altered. <clears throat> oh, hey, Chandler, when you see Frankie, tell him Joey Tribbiani says hello. He'll know what it means. Joey has gotten very dumb this episode compared to the previous one. Yeah. Uh, the whole, uh, hey, Paolo, where have you been doing Raquel? Like, it's, it's clearly uh, based on his lack of English. Mm-hmm. It has a different meaning for us. It does. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's very funny. It's great. There's a great bit of physical comedy, which obviously you can't see in the clip. Um, but when Paolo kind of goes over to Ross and says so and they shake hands, Ross puts his hand on Paolo's chest and physically pushes Paolo away, yeah. which I really, really liked. I don't know if that was in the script, but if it wasn't, all credit to David Trimmer for adding that in because it just, you just can clearly see the disdain. Even though Ross <laughs> is with Julie, he still hates Paolo with yeah. every fibre of his beard, which I like. I did not like the way Ross walked in and went, sorry, we're late, there was touching. Like, no, don't tell us, we don't need to know. No, see, and I think if you're going to annoy your friends with details they don't need to know, you need to try and at least make it somewhat comical. Yes. Like, you know, last time I had a date and you guys asked how it went, um, I would be like, I did the sex. And we all started chuckling because <laughs> we're immature. But I didn't... You know, it was, I don't know. I didn't just volunteer the information. You specifically asked. I didn't walk in and go, sorry, I'm only online at this time. I was busy having penis fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there wasn't... I didn't volunteer the information. It was just, you know... It's, it's just the way Ross is doing it. Like, hey, everyone, you're going to be impressed, especially you, Monica, my sister. Yep. You, Rachel, the girl I said I really liked, but now don't. And Chandler and Joey who definitely don't want to think about me doing touchy things. Yeah, at the, like, very, at the very least, if Channel or Joey privately, and, like, you know, the boys were in the kitchen. Or even if they said, hey, why are you late? And he was like, ah, oh, you know, we were. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I get it. But don't, don't walk in with a brag. Plus, it's not a particular brag either, given that they're in a relationship. And, and also, Julie's there. Like, don't do that in front of your girlfriend. Like, is she get? What? Do, I mean, you don't really get a reaction from Julie, to be fair. So no, but it's, it feels it feels like a laddish thing. Like, you, like him doing it in front of Joey and Chandler, maybe, right? Yep. But your girlfriend is not going to turn around and go, "Oh, what a hunk!" Like, she's going to be like, "No, don't, don't tell them that." Like, yeah, I think you hit on the nail on the head with the "it's a laddish thing," which yeah, I'm not going to buy from Ross. Like, 
Russ makes it come across as like a creepy flex. Yeah. Like, oh, look what I did. Whereas if Joey did it, it would be like, that was touching. And you'd be like, ah, classic Joey, like, you know, probably bladed. And if Chandler did it, you'd be like, there was touching. And you'd be really excited <laughs> yeah. it had happened at all. And you'd be like, okay, we're excited for Chandler. But I, I, I guess that's the thing with, with Ross, though. He hasn't been with any other women. This is potentially the second one, right? I guess. Now, now he's not had sex with her at this point, as we find out later on. Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, maybe he's excited that, you know, other women want to be touched by him, which is kind of gross. I mean, you know, I guess the first time's exciting and the second time it's not a fluke. So it, <laughs> <laughs> it would be exciting. But again, I don't need to share that excitement no. with my siblings. No. And especially Ross. I don't need to know what you do, Ross. Yeah, I feel like it's a lot of things where it's just explained by, but it's Ross. This is definitely one where like, it's Ross. <laughs> yeah. just don't, no. But uh, Monica then makes another reference to getting her hair cut. And Phoebe finally agrees to cut it. All right, that's it. I quit. What? I didn't say anything. Yeah, but this isn't the face of a person who trusts a person, okay? This is the face of a person who, you know, doesn't trust a person. I'm sorry. Sorry, Phoebe. It's just, well, just a little shorter than what we had discussed. Would you relax? I know what I am doing. This is how he wears it. How... Who wears it? Demi Moore. <laughs> Demi Moore is not a he. Well, he was a he in Arthur and in Den. <laughs> That's Dudley Moore. I said I wanted it like Demi Moore. Oh. Oh! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God, I'm sorry! I'm sorry, I'm sorry! Which one is Demi Moore? She's the actress that was in Disclosure and Decent Proposal Ghost! Oh, oh, she's got gorgeous hair. Now, Ryan, if I said to you, I want a, a haircut, and I mentioned a woman's name, and I want my hair like that, you would probably question it, right? Nope. You would not. You should know you want your hair like. You tell me, that's what you get. Yeah, no, I, I feel like you should question it. So if, if someone says, you know... I want it like a, a man... Like, if a woman goes, I want it like a man's haircut, you'd be like, well, let's just check. I'd check the hair for reference. If you told me you wanted your hair like, I don't know, Zendaya, I'd be like, cool, that's what Mike wants his hair like. Then I'd be like, which Zendaya haircut? She's had several. I wouldn't just assume I knew exactly what the haircut was. And especially especially the length as well. Like, it's, if you're going to anyone with long hair and being like, I'm going to cut a lot of this off... You'd be like, are you sure you want to go that extreme? Yeah, true. So I feel like, yeah, Phoebe oh, clearly messed up here, but she should have really checked first. But this is why you don't let amateurs cut your hair. Like I mentioned before, you need the safety of payment. I don't know. I wonder if Phoebe, you know, she, she does like massages and stuff. I wonder if she has like been paid to cut hair in the past. But do you not feel like if there was the burden of payment and <laughs> livelihood... Someone would have asked the question, are you sure you want your hair like Dudley Moore? I, d- I don't think it would have changed anything. My mum tried to cut my hair once. Never again. <laughs> this was back when I still had to have my... It <laughs> was her bowl big enough for your head. It wasn't even... It, it, somehow she... It, that would have been easier. So until I was 16, I was forced to have a number two all over. Like a shaved head, basically. Yeah. And then at one point, there was like a bit of a fringe left, which I hated. But I had no control over my own hair when I was 16. Until I was 16. Um... Somehow my mum messed that up. 
the mouth. All she had to do was get the clippers and go, and she still messed that up. Yeah. Um, I had, had to go out and get it fixed. My mum had a giant breakdown about what a failure it turned out to be. And I had to go out for pay for it fixed anyway, because she was giving it you could do it for free and cheaper. And it didn't. It was uneven. I, I, I don't know how you mess <laughs> a number two all over up. No, because it's just a, a blade. It's a set height that you just, almost like mowing the lawn, just go over it in rows until all the hair is the same length. Yep. But this gets brought up by people that weren't alive when it happened. <laughs> so she once offered to cut my hair in front, well, no, cut Matthew's hair, my little brother's hair, when he was probably like 10. Um, and then the whole family went, <laughs> that didn't work out when you dropped that like 20 years ago. Um, and then I was like, what? I'm like, oh, she messed up doing number two. And they're like, oh, okay. And then she mentioned it again a few years later, and he went, no, look what you did to Ryan's hair. I was like, dude, you weren't born. But the story's <laughs> gone down in like the family history. It's just like monumentous disaster. <laughs> so even Matthew, who was not alive. I can imagine the tapestries it. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just skinhead Ryan. It was terrible. Terrible idea. And then we joined Chandler at Tony the Taylor's, which for some reason in my brain I was supposed to say Tony the Tiger. <laughs> yeah. And don't know why. Marketing for you. And uh, Tony gets a Tad Paolo during the measuring, doesn't he? Well, he uh, goes up the left seam and... Uh, Moves it out the way. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, some definite cuppage. Cuppage, yep. <laughs> and then he goes up the right seam. Um, yeah, that, that, that's not how they do pants, but we'll, we'll come back to that in a moment. We will. Time for an advert break, I think, Mark. You think so? Yeah, why not? Oh, I guess, uh, I guess we'll have one of those beautiful adverts once I find the button to push. <laughs> Watching Friends is part of the HyperX podcast network. HyperX are our sponsor and the maker of the acclaimed Quadcast and Quadcast S microphones. Quadcast USB mics look and sound amazing and they're packed with features. With four selectable polar patterns, you'll get great sound no matter what you're recording. The included shock mount and pop filter mean you won't have to shell out extra cash for a great setup. Then there's the eye-catching LED indicator and tap-to-mute sensor, so you can tap in and tap out to stop broadcasting accidents. It's time for you to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast and Quadcast S. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. It's, uh, it's great to be back. Uh, how long has it been? Oh, a minute. A minute, yeah. <laughs> we're in the same room we were when we pressed go. No, we're back. Um, but after the cuppage incident at the Tony the Taylor's, still want to say Tiger, uh, we join the gang, the rest of the gang, back at the apartment, and they're about to check on Monica's condition. Um, Ross goes in to see Monica, and Joey has a little chat with Rachel. Well, how you doing? I'm okay. Oh, that bad, huh? Oh. Look, Rach, I can sense when women are depressed and vulnerable. It's one of my gifts. So... <laughs> Ugh. Ugh, Joey, when I saw him get off that plane with her, I really thought I'd just hit rock bottom. But today, it's like there's rock bottom, 50 feet of crap, then me. You gotta tell Ross how you feel. Oh, come on, how can I just tell him? What about Julie? What about her? They've only been going out for two weeks. Ross has been in love with you for like 10 years. I don't know. I don't know. Look, Rach, Rach, I've been with my share of women. In fact, I've been with a lot of people's share of women. (laughs) Uh, uh, But the point is, 
I've never felt about anyone the way Ross felt about you. I really like this scene. Joey is very sweet, and you know he's he's giving advice. He's being a, a good guy again. Nope, he's not being a good guy. I'm a hundred percent against Joey's advice. Oh, okay. Why yeah. is that? It it's just completely immoral. Like the only way I could think of phrasing it in my head was with sports, and I remember thinking that. The way I put it was in the notes at least is if the object of your affection isn't available, you keep Sturm and run the clock until the buzzer sounds, the game's not over, but committing fouls is not the way to play. You can't have him. He's with someone else. Sit down, shut up, wait. Potentially, right? But if you if you know someone is in a relationship, then you should kind of leave them alone, right? Yep. At the same time, Joey's trying to be a good friend to help Rachel. But he's being an awful friend to Ross by being a good friend to Rachel. Yeah, like, I guess he's, he's already told Ross a few times to give up on Rachel. And now he's saying, hey, Rachel, Ross has given up on you because I told him to. Now you go and chase him. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, think I, about I, it. So you've got three people involved in this situation. You've got Ross, Julie and Rachel. Julie's happy. Ross is happy. I mean, the only person who's not happy at the moment is Rachel. If Rachel then goes and tells Ross how she feels... Ross could potentially be like, I'm with Julie, get out of here. She's still sad. Ross is now weirdly confused, conflicted, and he's with Julie. Or he leaves Julie for Rachel, and then now Julie is sad, and you're the cause of someone else's pain, and that's what Rachel's responsible for. It's not good to go. Just no, just keep your mouth shut, Rachel. Yeah, I, I, I guess you're right there. Like, the, the, the part that I like is how Joey is not being dense, but he's, you know, he's sitting down and being, you know, like a good friend in a sense. I like that he's being supportive. Yes. I just think his advice is immoral and terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess you explaining it to me like that. I've, I, I wasn't even thinking about us. I was like, yes, you know, you're, you're being good to your friend and helping your friend out here. And I was like, I didn't actually think how it was actually going to hurt Ross potentially yeah. in some way. And think about like the monumental effort it's taken of like Ross. Which is one thing I think is never really addressed in the show is how Ross feels about Julie, given that Ross left a week ago completely beside with Rachel and had been for nine months. Well, three weeks ago, yeah. Yeah, three weeks ago. He'd left. He then meets Julie in China and in the space of a few weeks completely falls for her and forgets that Rachel exists, basically, uh, and then comes back. So that's going to be some monumental affection going for Julie. And what? Rachel's just going to walk in and stomp all over that. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Because, again... We had Joey and Celtics woman who should end the series together. And now I'm going to go on record and say that Ross and Julie should have stayed together and I, ended the series as a couple. I do wonder, though, if we went back through our little archives, if you've said the complete opposite about Ross trying to break up Rachel and Paolo. That's because Paolo's a douche. And then I was going to say, if you didn't like Julie, would you have been more positive and receptive to Rachel doing this? And I think you would. Yes, but nice people deserve to be treated well, <laughs> and douchebags deserve to be treated like crap weasels. <laughs> well, well, at the time, he wasn't like a terrible person. He was just the guy going out with Rachel. Well, you've now entirely ruined my logic, Mark, yeah. and I sound like a hypocrite. Yeah, yeah. Because... <laughs> basically, you are biased in if I like the person or not, decides whether you can be doing horrible things to them or not. Yes, apparently my morals are very flexible. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, I just like that Joey's being a help friend. There, there is one slight issue where he's like, oh, I'm very good with like vulnerable, needy women. Um, and it's kind of like, oh, that's kind of a bit bad. 
to think like that. But flexible morals aside, Chandler punctuates this speech by storming into Monica's apartment, and he's clearly upset. Something is upsetting Mark. And what is that? I guess we don't find out just yet. No. Uh, Rachel leaves the room as Rush returns, just in time for a conversation about how you measure for pants. <laughs> now, this can be quite funny to a British ear, because pants to us are underwear. Yes. Boxers, brief. Well, no, I, I would say pants are more the, the wife front. Yeah, pants couldn't, like, a little tidy whities Yeah, and then you have your, like, your boxers and briefs as normal. So when no. Americans talk about you haven't got your pants on, I always laugh, go, <laughs> they're naked. Yeah, look, the phrase lie, lie, pants on fire seemed like a much more <laughs> dangerous situation yes. to a British ear than it does to an American one. And, and, you know, it's much nicer to go, those are trousers. Instead of going, right, have you got your pants on? Yes. And then you go, oh, yeah, you've got underwear on. Like, Yeah. Well, there's a whole uh, stand-up skit that Michael McIntyre has about Americans. He's a British comedian. He's a British comedian. And he basically says it's because Americans are simple and affectionately simple, not dumb, affectionately simple. <laughs> but they need things labelled clearly. So in Britain, we call the pavement the pavement. But in America, it's the sidewalk because it's by the side of the road and you walk on it. <laughs> and, it's like, and in Britain, you ride a horse. But in America, you go horseback riding so you know where on the horse to sit. And he basically does this with like a dozen different things. And it's very, very funny. And this is one of the examples where Americans have odd names for things. But also, pants as a British word is a great way to say something's terrible. You just go, well, it's well pants. It's pants, yeah. So it's, it's a great word. Uh, so yeah, there, um, there's going to be some pants measurements. So trouser measurements for our non-American listeners. Yep. Uh, let's give that a listen. Yo, Paisan. Can I talk to you for a sec? Your tailor is a very bad man. Frankie, what are you talking about? Hey, what's going on? Joey's tailor <laughs> took advantage of me. <laughs> what? No way. I've been going to the guy for 12 years. Hey. Oh, come on. He said he was going to do my inseam, then he ran his hand up my leg, and then there was definite... What? Cupping. <laughs> That's how they do pants. First they go up one side, they move it over, then they go up the other side, they move it back, and then they do the rear. <laughs> what? Ross, will you tell him? Isn't that how Taylor measures pants? Yes, yes, it is. In prison? I think there's two lines of the show there. That's how they do pants. Yep. My joke. My joke. And yes, yes, it is. In prison. <laughs> My joke. My joke. Uh, that, this scene to me is horrific. It's such a horrific realisation, uh, especially given the fact that Joey's been using this place since he was a teenager. It's a much bigger issue than the episode mentions. It just kind of gets comedically washed over. You've made it much darker now just by mentioning the fact that Joey was a teen and this was happening. But it's like specifically mentioned twice that Joey's been using this tailor yeah. since he was a kid. And because 
Joey basically says, this is how you measure pants. It means that this cupping has been happening since Joey was young enough to think that that's just how it's done. Yeah, you've made this way darker, like, with this revelation. But this is where my brain went. I was like, oh, my God. Like, but the first time the cupping happens, I'm like, that's not appropriate. <laughs> and then you would go, hang on. Does she do that all the time? And then when you find out that Joe is like, yeah, yeah, that's what happens. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the hell? Joe's been going there since he was 15. And it's just this giant. And I'm like, why isn't this is problematic? Yeah. Like it's weird. And I know it's not probably not supposed to be thought of in the way my brain went with it of, oh, let's follow this down a weirdly dark path. But it is massively inappropriate, especially given like 2021's view on the world and how this kind of stuff has changed. Like inappropriate touching is a big issue nowadays and it rightly should be. Which is really weird, I guess, from a modern eye, because I don't remember thinking this when I was a kid. No, because I guess if you think, oh, they're they're 25-ish around this time, and you're like, uh, a man in a shop has, like, touched him, you're like, oh, that's inappropriate and a bit weird. Yeah. And now you'd be like, that's definitely very inappropriate. But then if you go, oh, uh, a man at a shop touched a 14-year-old in that way, it becomes a lot, like, worse, doesn't it? Even though it's the same, same problem... In your mind, you're like, oh, that's even worse than yeah, Mr. 25. I think this is a prime example of how the, the show hits differently when you rewatch it at different stages of your life. So mm. when I first saw this episode as a teen, hilarious. It's really funny. <laughs> and then you watch it again as an adult and, you know, through the prism of 2021. And it's like, this is not appropriate. It's, it's sexual assault, essentially. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. And then at one point, this happened when he was a minor. Why isn't this guy in prison? Why are we laughing about this? You've ruined this joke for me now. Have I ruined this joke? <laughs> yeah, you've ruined it. Anyway, someone watches now, I'm just going to be like, oh, that's not funny anymore. No, I, I couldn't find it funny when I read the episode. <laughs> I was like, this is hard to find funny now, given, I don't know, my brain went some like giant, like, Law and Order, Special Victims Unit, <laughs> Friends Edition, where I'm like, how many clients does Tony the Taylor have? And now he's going to be on as Tony the Toucher. And my brain was just like, ah, what am I doing? Just watch the comedy. But it's in my brain went. Well, well, Ross has... You know, he's, he's on your side there with the whole, you know, in, yes, yes, it is in prison line. Like, yeah, people shouldn't touch you like that in that sort of industry. Yeah. And, and you know, there might be a slight brush that might happen yeah. when, you know, you're going up the leg or whatever, I assume. But, yeah, if there's definite cuppage and a move-in. Yeah, just, mm-mm, nope. Which, uh, I don't think, think Chana had the move-in issue, so maybe that says something about him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in the way. <laughs> yeah, it would be well like that. Uh, but yeah, let, let's move on. You've, you've really upset me. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> <over>. <laughs> I mean, it's okay, because never mind. Apparently, this isn't important. And Monica's Dudley Moore hair is way more interesting. So that's what we're going to focus on. And she finally leaves her room and looks how she looks. Yep. Which, you know, is awful. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's those people there going, no, no, I don't want the Rachel haircut. I want the Monica Dudley Moore haircut. I love Dudley Moore. I don't. I haven't seen many films that he's seen, but he's in a Christmas movie where he plays an elf. And I think there's candy canes involved, and at the end, <laughs> in a Christmas film, yeah, a man eats one and it makes him float, and he floats into the sky. And I think he <laughs> implies that he ends up in space and dies. Um, it sounds like you're mixing, like. Uh... What's it, the, the Christmas on 21st Street or whatever and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory? <laughs> oh, he plays an elf. I can't remember what his name was, but he's definitely Dudley Moore. Right. And he's in, like, Arthur. I know some of, the, some of his career, but he'd have been, like, an old actor when Friends aired. So to me, I've seen him in, like, a couple of things, and there's just this one movie that we'd watch every Christmas that I know him from. Okay. Otherwise, I, I mean, I wouldn't have recognised the name Dudley Moore otherwise, I don't think. 
Um, doesn't look like Dudley Moore's hair. I kind of get that the shape kind of is. Mm, yeah, it's it's just a not nice haircut for her, isn't it? But it made me feel a little bit sorry for Dudley Moore, just because his movie's <laughs> responsible for some very fond Christmas childhood memories. And now you're just going to be thinking of Monica. Yeah, what, what a way to ruin it. <laughs> Every time I watch the movie, <laughs> I, have, I need to know what that movie's called, because I haven't watched it in years, so I'm going to have to watch it next Christmas. All right, well, we'll try and mention that round our Christmas episode yeah. then. But there's a bunch of jokes from Chandler here that just go massively over my head, where it's like, you could get stuck between the moon and New York City, and... That's a reference to the theme tune to Arthur. I knew that one. But the, every other joke Chandler says, and there's about five of them, mm. whoosh, right over my head. I was like, yep, yeah, no idea. This is clearly an, an age thing. Because Dudley Moore was a pretty famous actor at the time, so I don't think it's going to be an American thing. Are you, are you telling me that you did not do your research for this episode? I didn't look it up, no. <laughs> no. I, I was too traumatised from Tony the Toucher <laughs> <laughs> to, to look up Dudley Moore jokes. Um, but no. Uh, Oh uh, yeah, so it was just nice to see Dudley Moore reference because it brought back some nice childhood memories. So yeah, I thought it was quite cool. Um, but then Ross actually says he's leaving, and Rachel asks to talk to him before he leaves. And Joey asks Chandler about when touching is normal. Well, um, okay. First of all, mm-hmm. Paolo and I are not back together. That was just a stupid thing that I did, and if I could go back in time and do it again, well, I wouldn't. <clears throat> um, second of all, what? Okay, but before I say anything, I just need to know, is this one of those things where you break up with a guy, and then I tell you what I think, and then the next day you get back together with the guy, and I look like a complete idiot? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay, um, well then I think, uh, I think the guy's scum. <laughs> I hate him. I mean, I, I actually, I, I physically hate him. You know, I always have. And you, you are, you're way too good to be with a guy like that. Really? Rich, you deserve to be with someone who appreciates you, you know, and who gets how, how, how funny and sweet and amazing and adorable and sexy you are, you know? Someone who, who wakes up every morning thinking, oh, oh my God, I'm, I, I'm with Rachel. <laughs> you know, someone, someone who makes you feel good. Like, like the way I do with Julie. You've been with her for two weeks. Yeah, but ouch. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter how, you know, you may not credit Ross with that much affection for Julie right now, but getting told that to your face, that, that's kicking across the spit on your neck. <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> well, yeah, like, there was moments there where I could feel like, Remember when Brad Pitt is like, I hate Rachel, like, about Paolo. Like, I could feel that from Ross a little bit there. Um, I, I think Ross was right to ask her, like, hey, if you're asking for my honest opinion of someone, like, I want to know where this is going to go because I don't want to tell you the truth and then that backfires on me. Yeah, you're going to be upset with me in a week because you've got back with him and you know I hate his guts. Yeah. Um, I mean, well done for, for Rachel, really, for not confusing things for Ross. I guess. At the, at the same time, you've got Ross going, you should find someone that looks at you like I'm with Rachel Green. It's like, this was you, Ross, three weeks ago. Did you forget that? It was. And then the Julie happened. Yeah, I don't think you get over things like that that quickly. I, I feel like he almost shouldn't have said it. I mean, he does kind of fall back into this is how I kind of feel territory. Um you know, like I've, I've been, I've said encouraging things to friends before about, you know, the type of partners they should be looking for and what they should put up with and what they shouldn't. But you have not turned them down, like, recently. 
No. And you didn't like them for a year. No. I I don't know. It's it's just the way he comes across. It's it's almost like Ross is happy as long as he's with any woman. Mm. Now, thankfully, Julie seems absolutely great and lovely, right? She does. But it it seems to me like he's he's saying this stuff to Rachel, but he's like, I'm happy because I'm with someone, not because I'm actually with Julie. Just I I have someone now, so I am happy. True, because he would have spoken the exact same way about Carol before she told him she was a lesbian. Yeah, and I and I, I think even before he was saying like in previous episodes how like I don't have Carol, I just need to like find someone basically. Yeah, which is it, a bit needy. He's very needy. Russ is just a bit lame, isn't he? He is. Like, he says the wrong thing. Like, you know that Rachel kind of likes you now, unless you're an idiot and oblivious to it, or Orion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you you must know, based on what she did, like, she came to the airport by herself with, with flowers, flowers for you. For the girl that she didn't know was arriving. Yeah. Like, you must know that she's into you a little bit. Well, you'd be very confused. I would. I'd be like, why have you turned up here? Where's every Like... Why you specifically? If Chandler turned up, maybe, but that would be more of a, hey, do you need a lift, mate? Yeah, which is odd because they've she's turned up in a taxi, so they've got a taxi back. Yeah. So there's been no added benefit to her being there. No, like if, if Phoebe turned up in her taxi, or if Jerry and Chandler were like, hey, we thought we'd come and see you for a reason, but even then, I, I don't think you would go meet someone at the airport unless you were kind of in some in some way. Yeah, I agree. Like, or you were, you were helping them get somewhere, but... Yeah, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not turning up to the airport when you come back from holiday, unless you was like, hey, Mark, I need a ride home. Like, can you help me? All right, I'll call you on the way back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 60 quid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I'm just happy that with Rachel that she doesn't try and confuse things or mess things up. Yet. Yet. Shh, don't spoil the future, Mark. <laughs> come um, on, we've all watched Friends, like... Multiple times by now, we know how it goes. Hey, there could be one listener out there who is quite what, literally watching Friends. They watch the episode, then listen to us. They watch the episode, they listen to us. Oh, imagine that, right? <laughs> one, you'd have to wait each week yep. for us to come along. And you'd also have to listen to us come along. Which is funny, because our episodes are about two to three times the length of the episode of Friends. If not more, right? Yeah. And then you have us ruining the jokes that you found really funny previously <laughs> because we explained them too much. Not making you think about someone touching a minor. Uh, yes. <laughs> Just like, thanks, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Ruined season two already. And, and then you have some of Ryan's tangents tied onto that. <laughs> Fair. Uh, but Ross returns to the kitchen and we find Joey on the phone to his dad explaining, that's not how they measure pants. That's a bit weird. I feel like Joey's dad being like a man's man, would know, you know, other men don't touch you like that when doing your trousers. Well, great, Dan, you've made it dark. Now, now <laughs> Joey Sr. is complicit in Tony well, no, life. Well, no, because I, I feel like Joey thinks this is normal because Joey's dad has told him this, yeah? Or shown him that it's normal or whatever, because he's obviously taken him to that tailor. My assumption was that... Went, oh, I don't know. Because it, it, technically, because it happened to Chandler, he doesn't imply that it's specific to Joey. So everyone who goes to this tailor get cupping, you'd yes. assume. So surely Joey's dad knows. So Joey's dad would have to be under the assumption that that's how you measure pants. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. But Joey's dad doesn't come across as the type of guy, because we've met him previously, who would be okay with another man touching him like that. He doesn't. But at the same time, I guess you kind of have to, for the sake of sanity, hope that he just thought that's how you did it or because... unless his dad took him and just assumed and he's just gone oh 
It's, it's like, you know, you hear a word, you see a thing, you think that's what it is. Yeah, it's a generational thing. Yeah. Like, oh, my dad did brought me here too. And like, there's just this somehow long line of Tribbianis that didn't know it's not appropriate. Because yeah. any other one is really gets really, really sinister because then it implies that somehow Joey's dad was okay with it? No, no. That, that, well, he, I guess he's okay with it in that that's how he thinks it's done, but he's not okay in like... Yes, you can touch Joey in that way. Yeah, but I mean, like, if if you don't, if he doesn't need to explain it to his dad because his dad knows it's not the right way of doing it, then that means that his dad knew. His dad already knew that his dad would have been complicit technically in knowing that the whole thing was going on. So, so he knows they know. We know it. They, yeah, know, he knows he they knows. know. We know the scoffage. <laughs> but, but no, no. I think it is that basically the, the guy probably does cup Joey's dad as well, and Joey's dad thinks that's normal. Yep. But it's just in my mind, I don't think Joey's dad would have thought that was normal. Oh, okay, fair. Like, he doesn't come across... As, like, he comes across as, like, a proper man's man who wouldn't want other men touching him that way. Hmm. Uh, and probably, like, a little bit homophobic as well, in some ways, right? Yeah. You, you could imagine him, you know, wanting Joey to be with the ladies, not do anything a bit feminine. We so, need to stop digging, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just getting more and more sinister. It is. It is. Like, I, I just don't think he, he would... Be that type of guy, but that's how they've they've written it. Yeah. Okay. If we ever get any of the writing staff on, this this could be a delicate episode we discuss. Oh, they're gonna hate our questions. Next. Yeah. Nice questions about did did Phoebe and Joey ever sleep together? And we're like, <laughs> so was there a sexual predator in season two? <laughs> Blimey. Uh, yeah. They're, they're they're not gonna want to answer anything, are they? No. Hopefully they don't listen. To <laughs> or they'll just before. be like. It's just a joke. We didn't think that far into it. Which is more than likely what it is. Yes, it, it, exactly. It's that exactly. I mean, I've mentioned before about the Grant Morrison quote about uh, adults are idiots because when you give a, you know, a kid a kind book, they don't question why the hawk's pants don't rip. Yep. Like, you just don't need to. It doesn't matter. They're not ripped. They're not ripped. Whereas adults do pick at things and go, hmm, we have to kind of put a weird reality into the fiction, yep. which you know, it isn't there to do. But we end the episode with Julian Phoebe's discussing hair at the coffee shop with her Rachel eavesdropping as she clears the coffee table. Phoebe's offers to cut Julie's hair like Andy McDowell. Julie's super excited. But Phoebe, she learnt her lesson from the good Dudley Moore debacle, and she decides to clarify with Rachel about who Andy McDowell is. And Rachel throws all the way her brownie points that she earned earlier in the episode by deliberately misleading Phoebe into giving Julie a Planet of the Apes haircut. Yeah, that's, that is a horrible thing. That that's where Chandler needs to come in and say the B word. Yeah, because that that's just nasty. And this isn't the only time that Rachel messes with someone's hair over Ross, because she helps talk Bonnie into shaving her head. She does, yes. Very vindictive, isn't it, Rachel? Yeah. Again, she's not coming out. Like, who's the bigger crook in this episode, Tony the Toucher or <laughs> Rachel? The uh, probably Tony the Toucher. <laughs> <Toucher. laughs> but it's just it, it annoyed me because. I, I guess it is part of Rachel's character, though. Like, you've got to think that before we met her, who she was as a personality and who she hung around with. Yeah. You could imagine she was, like, the prom queen sort of... Bit of a bitch. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But, again, it's more reason why my brain's like, Julie and Ross should have stayed together. Yep. Which is weird, because there's another person Ross dates in the future that I really thought was they were good together. Alicia Tyler? No. Mona. Oh, I don't like Mona. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't like Mona. I was like, Ross and Mona, yeah. <laughs> no, I, yeah, like I shipped them for some reason. No, I don't like Mona. But at the same time, Ross and Julie have been kind of boring, perhaps? I'm okay with it being boring. I mean, I mean, Julie would have been, I think she would have probably been more fun than Ross. Like, yeah, 
Yeah, goodbye, Ross. We're going to replace you with Julie now. Yeah, just get rid of Ross. Ross is busy at the university. Not the university. Yeah, university yeah. at one point, And then, if not university, museum. We can hang out with Julie. Yeah, I, I think Julie would be the person who kind of introduces the friends to new and exciting things. Yes. Also, Ali G has ruined the name Julie. Because every time we've said it today, my friend's gone, me Julie. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that's a throwback to 20 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> Look, thanks, Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anyone's said the word Ali G in a long time. Nope. Probably most people listening to this have no idea who the hell I'm talking about. Oh, Ali G was big in America for the, the time that Friends was on, certainly. Was he? Yes. And I remember the high point of his career being interviewing the Beckhams as, as Ali G. Yeah, but he, he, he did Ali G in the USA, and that's how, you know, because like Borat comes from Ali G and everything. Yeah, it's weird uh, when you compare like Ali G, Borat, the dictator, and his other characters. Yeah. And then you go, oh, wait, the guy from, like, Borat easily is the most popular, I guess. Yeah. But Ali G was popular for a bit. Ali G only got one movie, Borat got two. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, go, go and do some Ali G research if you have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, then they'll never listen to us again. Uh, like, why have they got me to watch this? What, 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 what's the actor's name? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. He's, so it's he's, a very famous comedian. He did, is. Did Borat. Um, and the character before that called Ali G, who was a... Chav, I don't know what you'd call okay. that in America. Chavy gangster. Oh, what did I call it in America? Like in Scotland, it's a Ned. Yeah. A ruffian. The only way I can describe it is like the kid from the Pretty Fly for a White Guy video. I, I, guess, I guess some people would say like a redneck, but not quite. No, just like a, a wannabe gangster, basically. Yeah. Like a, a wannabe gangster kid. Um, but, that was, uh, but yeah, he was very popular while Friends was on at the time in the late 90s. Yeah, but... In his show, his girlfriend was called Julie, and he would ask about how she's me Julie, and it was all he'd say. So every time I hear the word Julie, I picture Elegy. Okay. I just think of normal Julie here. No, oh, she's ruined by such a okay. <laughs> uh, But yeah, this this has been a great start to season two. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a gripping episode. You don't you can't stop watching it, and you're constantly waiting for is Rachel going to say something? So you're tense, and then you have the. I guess the comedic, supposedly comedic interplay of the haircut and the tailor around the outside. But you are the entire time just like Julie Ross, Rachel. Julie Ross, Rachel. Yeah, as we said before, like you wouldn't put the haircut stuff in this episode. Nope. But it it, it, work, it works as its own little scene. Yeah. Same, same with the tailor, although you've now ruined that for me forever. So thank you. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> but that's, that's why we're here for, to give you our cutting takes <laughs> and, and deep knowledge and facts and made-up stuff. Ruin a favourite episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's really about Ross, Rachel and Julie, isn't it? That weird little triangle. So, But after the, the, the break from season one, it's good to, I guess, have some closure in a way. And whilst the next episode I don't think is as good as this, I think we're going to have some classic Julie episodes that I'm really looking forward to. Yep. I mean, the next episode is good, it's, but it's very much like a, a middle-of-the-road episode. It's not bad. You wouldn't turn it off if it came on. Not no. that we'd turn off any episode of Friends. Um, but it, it doesn't compare to this one. No. But then how are you going to follow? What's the next part of a cliffhanger called? Don't know. Because in a cliffhanger, the, the, do you climb the, the, back re, onto re, the cliff? Re, resolve in it, I guess. Or do you fall off the cliff? I guess you resolve it. What's the end of a cliffhanger, Mark? Uh, I'll have to ask uh, Slice Stallone. Yeah, answers on a postcard, listeners. What is the end of a cliffhanger called? Slice Stallone was in a film called Cliffhanger. It's really good. I like <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty good episode, so I'm, I'm 
glad we've got to talk about it. Yeah, it was, it's an interesting one, to be fair. Yeah, we there's like I said, going to be some interesting stuff with Judy that I'm really looking forward to. There's some there's one classic scene that I would say is probably in like the top ten. I think I know the scene you're talking with, about with the photocopier. Yes. Yes. Which we which we will get to. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll be back next week, won't we? For another episode of Watching Friends, we shall, as always. Where can you find us, Ryan? You can find us on all our socials that you remember all the time. How do you know it's part of the name of the podcast? Because <laughs> I think I remember them, and then you ask me to say them, and then my brain panics and goes, right, the Twitter is Watch Friends Pod. Yes. And then it's watchingfriends.com. Yes. And then the Facebook page is Watching Friends. No, it's Watch Friends Pod. It's the same as the Twitter. Is it? Say yes. I forget. The socials are the same on purpose, so people like you don't have to remember two different socials, <laughs> but you've made them up. <laughs> Well, now I don't remember them, but I just, um, yeah. yeah. I think we should just pre-record this bit where we talk about the socials. And then we can every time we go, because Ryan can't remember them. And then we press play and it plays the socials. Shall I just get a, a text-to-speech thing going, Hi, I'm Ryan. Watch Friends Pod on Twitter and Facebook. When all of our lovely <laughs> listeners back us on Patreon, we'll use Cameo to get Mr. Heckles to read out the socials. Okay, yeah, yeah, you... We will we will use your funds to to get uh, all the friends cast that are on cameo to read out the socials because yep. Ryan can't remember them. Nope. and we'll have to hope they say them right. Yeah, maybe we'll send them a script. I don't think on cameo they read the script. I think you basically give them like some things to talk about, and then they just go off on a weird tangent and rants normally. I was recently bought a cameo gift for my birthday. Uh, that I received about six weeks after my birthday because the two people who bought it with me said that I had to watch it with them both. They were a married couple, so that I, they couldn't watch it separate. I had to be with both of them when I put it on. And it was about two and a half minutes long, and it was the ex-hockey player that I hate the most in the world. And it was just two minutes of this New York Ranger. What's his name? His name is Sean Avery. And I don't actually hate him. Like, I don't wish him any harm legitimately, but as sports rivalry goes... And the fact that the NHL changed a rule because of his behaviour. He's a douche. Okay. But it was two minutes of him basically saying the nice message that Kate Ian Guy sent to him. Saying, you know, tell Ryan we love him and hope he has a great birthday, yada, yada, yada. Then it was Sean Avery going, oh, are you a Devils fan? So that makes you an asshole. And it was just like, it was the weirdest sensation. Because I was angry that Sean Avery was on my television. I was angry that Sean Avery said my name. I was angry that Sean Avery insulted my umbrador and the devils. But then all the sentiment that was from delivered from Katie and Guy is really sweet. So it's very conflicting. But so cameo is great. You can basically you give them a bit of a starting point essentially and they run with it. So I've seen some cameos where it's basically Hello, I'm Ryan from Watching Friends. Happy birthday, Mark. And it's really boring. And you're just like, what's the point? Or you see the Undertaker from WWE and he just goes on massive weird tangents a bit like you two yeah, whereas Sean Avery was like two minutes of hilarious like it was almost like stand-up comedy so it, I think it very much depends on who you get so this is why you stay to the end of the episode and especially for the socials because if you'd already just turned us off by the socials you wouldn't have heard this uh, great anecdote I mean I still I've had to watch it about nine times and then at work guy keeps telling people to mention my karma jar because that's something Sean Avery mentions in the video so I'll just be sat at work doing my job. So I'm going to go, how's your karma jar, Ryan? And I'm like, <laughs> just get angry. 
Well, I think that's another episode done for the week. We've been going for nearly two hours at this point. And it, this episode definitely felt like it worth two hours. Yeah, the, the podcast seems to be getting longer. We started at like 40 minutes, maybe 30 for some of our early episodes. Yeah. Uh, they're getting longer. Hopefully we can bring it back down again. But I think for this episode, it's, it's definitely worth it. Yeah, or we could be lazy and edit into two parts. Why would you do that? That would be so confusing. I mean, in theory, we could have done the one. We, did we do that? We did do the one in two parts. In two parts. Yes, so, because that's two, two different parts, episodes. So it wouldn't make sense to do this one in two parts. Yeah, especially as this one would have a weird title otherwise. Well, it'd just be part two, would it? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't. It doesn't fit the Friends formula of us doing an episode per podcast. Yeah, people can take a break. They can pause us and make a cup of tea, and then and they can check out the Patreon. Yep, and then back us and see me in a dress, apparently. Uh, if that's what they want to they see. They want to see Mark in a dress. They're like, if Ryan's really been in a dress, he doesn't care. But Mark's never been in a dress. Oh, no. All, all, all our, all our uh, goals are, are based on you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> People want more Ryan, right? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> People barely want the Ryan that there is. Uh, I think we should leave it there. We should. So thank you very much for listening to us to ramble on for the past two hours. I hope you've enjoyed it. Indeed, me too. Cheerio. See you later. Goodbye.